so glad it's Monday. I am so glad the weekend is over. What's that? Because I feel like we got everything and nothing just accomplished, but everything that needed to happen happened, and uh, I just, ugh. And then last night eating that fast food, I just felt so nauseous right afterwards. Like, literally, I, th- I felt like I just wanted to, to just chuck it out, just to never do that again. So I think I'm pretty much done with fast food. My body was like, what? I thought you liked me. <laughs> so, yeah. But holy crud. I mean, I know we're going to talk about some of this stuff in the show, but just everything. We had the police out. We had <laughs> we had to deal with the with the issue with my truck it, just that I did nothing about. Just, yeah, no, I'm I'm. I'm glad it's Monday because I'm ready to be back in the routine. I'm ready for the girls to be back in school. Yeah. I'm ready for, you know, Nikki to be at work, for you and I to be able to just focus on one thing at a time, get it done, and not scatter rain on nine million things. But I will say that the garden is I just, just putting down the straw. Yeah. I mean, you did, you did a little more than that, right? But I mean. Yeah, I, I cleaned up. Uh, the the general area so I had the straw put down after pulling up all the old stuff so I didn't just like you know layer on new stuff on top of old stuff it was yeah uh, that I made sure that all the leaves that were on the ground everywhere got mulched up and then the beds um all the leaves on top of the beds I mixed them in because they're great for compost air and all that inside of the beds so good the top of the beds actually looks like soil again the walkway is filled with straw instead of hay and the stuff that was growing outgrown in the like around in the ground all the weeds that Mm -hmm. get like three feet tall are all gone so it definitely looks a lot better and i cleared off my garden table too so that i actually started using it (laughs) so i planted a bunch of stuff yesterday i'm still proud of it you gotta make sure you get a picture of it up for sure so so full moon was last night right Mm -hmm. and at three o'clock in the morning I went to the bathroom. I thought Lily left the light on in the bathroom. The moon was shining directly into the bathroom, right? But that I realized that's not what woke me up. What ended up waking me up was that there was somebody living in that art in that trailer. I heard us. them yesterday and when they I was were fighting, and he told oh. him to get the fuck out. Oh, what did it go on yesterday in the daytime too? Yeah, I when I was out oh, there when I was out there planting things, um, because I cleared off my garden table and I was out there with Roxy just. Mm-hmm existing and Roxy was very interested in the chickens and so I kept having to tell her to leave them alone because she was like chasing them like on the outside of it right because she wants to she's curious about them so um but I was just over there and it got to the point where I finally told her to lay down and then it was just quiet because I was just over there planting things Mm -hmm. and so that's just it's not a loud task and so then after about 15 minutes of me just existing there I started hearing music coming from the trailer Mm -hmm. and I was like great and then I started hearing a real ghetto voice start talking and then it just slowly escalated I didn't hear any words until it started to escalate and then I was like oh there there's arguing happening in that trailer and then it just stopped and I heard somebody get out and like walk away they didn't like scream or anything after they were mm. out there or anything, but they just they, there was yelling inside of it, and then the door opened, then somebody left. Three so. o'clock in the morning, somebody was yelling. They were straight out yelling, including "You can get the f out" and all kinds of, you know, just straight up profanities and and just uh, real obvious that that it was, uh, you know, more than just drunk arguing. So yeah, the fact that you heard it yesterday in the daytime and I heard it last night, so 
or this morning technically but yeah i mean the sun the moon was the moon the sun actually the moon if you look at the moon right now i don't know if you can see it out your window but it was beautifully red so well it's not red anymore but it's it's pretty yeah and you can have it so i mean it was just i was looking at it going okay that's beautiful so but we got a lot to cover so let's go ahead and get started so good morning happy monday Thank you for joining us on the Stupid Podcast and Everything, where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything. And nothing. All at the same time by two people who really, really need better schedule management. (laughs) So our Monday morning, always, as always, we're going to go ahead and start with our national day. We only have one, right? Yeah. Okay. So while I'm looking at our desk right now that's finally set up, what is our national day? It is National Clean Off Your Desk Day. (laughs) So, the second Monday of January each year recognizes National Clean Off Your Desk Day. This day is an opportunity to begin your new year with a clean and organized workspace. Whether your desk is in a private or shared office, cubicle, home, or a makeshift desk on the counter, having your workspace uncluttered and organized will help you work more efficiently. A clean workspace improves productivity and inspires us, too. It often gives us a sense of serenity. While there are those who say they know where everything is, we all know a clean start helps give us a new perspective. So, remove everything from your desk. Yes, everything. Clean the surface. As you replace items, clean them with the, pro- with the appropriate cleaning supply. Usually a damp cloth is sufficient, but other electrical items need specific care. Get out the shredder and the garbage can. Shred, file, scan documents, business cards, recipes, and photos as needed. Place all documents and photos in the appropriate locations and shred and toss outdated documents, non-working pens, and junk mail. Don't forget to replace that old calendar hanging on the wall. While you're at it, vacuum up the dust bunnies and sanitize your keyboard. Place a fresh box of tissues on your newly cleaned desktop. You'll be ready for new clients in no time. So. Well, it's easy for us. Yeah, I was going to say, we already kind of did that Mm -hmm. this past weekend. Yeah, we, we... My room is very clean. Our studio setup. If you haven't seen our command center yet, definitely go take a look at it on Facebook. Um, it's definitely much better, but I don't know how much less space we could end up having on this desk. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially because of the way this weekend ended up being for us. And, uh, you know, um, Everybody knows, well, and you know, and I've brought it up, is that I'm trying to work on videos and was trying to work on videos on the other iMac. And that other iMac was just too slow. Yeah. It was just way too slow for what I was doing. I mean, it had four gigs of RAM in it. It The processor was ridiculously slow. I, I'll say this. The, the, the 2017 model of the 21-inch iMac is just garbage. You know, and it's like, and most people are actually like, yeah, I had no idea why Apple even sells these things. And I'm like, oh, good to know. So, and uh, so I looked on Marketplace and found, you know, there were a couple of other iMacs that were there. There was a 24 inch and then there was this 27 inch (laughs) and this 27 inch had me excited. It was a $2,700 iMac with 32 gigs of RAM, um, you know, terabyte fusion drive on it. Just everything about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I could literally do full production. Because opening up the other one, Final Cut, was literally click one, two, three, four, click one. And it was just, it was horrible, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, this thing. In four seconds, it's it starts up. I mean, it's up and it's ready. So, I mean, I'm just so 
so much happy, but oh my gosh, I'm glad that we went. Yeah. So, but, uh, okay, so that was th- that's our national desk day. Now we got a <laughs> computer that's sitting on here that doesn't fit on our desk, so. So, we have a, today, today we're going to talk about some bees, honeybees in particular. Um, there's a very specific reason why, but first I want to just explain a little bit about honeybees, because not a lot of people know much about them except that they're important (laughs) so um very yeah a lot of people think that you know they think bees and they just kind of think a big money maker for u.s agriculture because they provide six products in total for us um honey pollen royal jelly beeswax propolis and venom and they all are collected for a lot of different reasons honey is the most known and economically important because uh, according to the u.s department of agriculture's national agriculture statistics service honeybees in the year of 2019 specifically made 157 million pounds of honey and with the cost at 197 per pound that was a value of a little bit over 339 million dollars and that's crazy after honey, beeswax is the second most important um, from an economic standpoint. Uh, they, the, the trade basically des- dates back to ancient Greece and Rome and mm-hmm. in medieval Europe. The substance was a unit of trade for taxes and other purposes. The market is still strong today. It's popular for making candles and as an ingredient in artist's materials and in leather and wood polishes. Oh, yeah. The pharmaceutical industry uses the substance as a binding agent, time-release mechanism, and a drug carrier. Beeswax is also one of the most commonly used waxes in cosmetics, and the U.S. is a major producer of raw beeswax, as well as a worldwide supplier of refined beeswax. But the greatest importance of honeybees to agriculture isn't a product of the hive at all. It's their work as crop pollinators. Absolutely. This agricultural benefit of honeybees is estimated to be between 10 and 20 times the total value of honey and beeswax. In fact, bee pollination accounts for about $15 billion in added crop value. Honeybees are like flying dollar bills buzzing over U.S. crops. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing that is the problem is that there is a widespread bacterial disease called American fowl brood, and it's destroying entire colonies of honeybees. Yep. Um, so the problem with that is that that is more or less caused by our use of pesticides, pesticides and all the, all the sides that we use yeah to try to make it easier for our crops to last because we don't do things mm-hmm. with you know health in mind or you know beneficial insects or anything like that in mind we do it for massive production ease of ease of production which you know at the end of the day i don't understand how getting rid of all of the insects that destroy crops is any better than getting rid of all of the insects that help them pollinate <laughs> right. so you, well, you're, you can't discern that's that's the issue is the, the problem is that people think that oh i'm gonna you know i'm spraying my, my tomatoes with pesticides and then wonder why they have bushes that have no plants on them after yeah they flowered but nothing came to them yeah and there's a bunch of dead bees laying on the floor of your of yeah. your, your garden bed so congratulations you know so the biggest reason, reason roundup's not around anymore yeah the biggest reason that um things like that like the the reason so bees are vegetarian so 
any plant <laughs> that you spray pesticides or herbicides or any any kind of thing that's supposed to make it quote unquote easier mm. for you to th- grow that plant any of those honeybees that are going to those flowers or those leaves to eat or anything like that they're consuming this and they're dying yeah and, and, and so these also have you know they have a full spectrum of vision and so mm-hmm. you spray a herbicide or a pesticide on a plant and a bee wants to land on the plant and sees hey there's something that might be something for me to drink <laughs> you know and they land on the plant and congratulations you're contaminating the bee and, and the bee just steps in your poison and then brings that back to the hive good job you know and so the problem with things like that is, you know, you would think with the amount of times that we've been doing this and how long we've been doing this, that bees would be coming up with some kind of defense mechanism for it. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that they, some of them do, but there are, in one day, one worker bee ends up making about 12 or more trips from the hive and they visit several thousand flowers just Mm -hmm. in one day and they can travel as far as two to five miles away from their hive so they (laughs) they're they're visiting all these different plants they're not just visiting one kind of flower they they may uh limit themselves to one plant species per trip but per trip and they're taking about 12 or more (laughs) every day so while they may go after one thing in particular, they're still going to be visiting at least 12 different things that day. So the the problem is, is that we, as consumers of food, <laughs> rely on bee pollination mm-hmm. for more than 90 crops in, in the commercial production. So of the 3,600 bee species that live in the U.S., the European honeybee is the most common pollinator, which makes it the most important bee to domestic agriculture. And about one third of the food eaten by Americans come from crops pollinated by honeybees, including apples, melons, cranberries, pumpkins, yep. squash, broccoli, and almonds. This, and that's just obviously a very small few. Um, so without honeybees, our diet would look extremely different. Oh yeah, and and the the truth is is when you think about like all the stuff that you talked about beforehand, that you know is part of the industry. Without any of that, I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine our lives without beeswax? Mm-mm. Or or just honey for us? Like we oh yeah, we I use honey, honey all the time in place of sugar and a and lot of things. What's your favorite wine? Mead. Yeah. So I mean. You know, you th- little things like that, but but honey is amazing. Honey has antiseptic qualities. Honey doesn't go bad. Honey is, you know, yeah, it's, it was used as trade, but it's basically currency, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, and for people are like, oh, yeah, it's so mean. The bees are doing all this work and you're taking the honey. No, they, they build this, you know, overstock of honey and we take from the overstock making sure that we save enough for our bees because we don't want our bees to disappear. Yeah, you no. know, they'll leave if we if we take too much. So we don't do that. And, you know, they're they're amazing. But I just I mean, like we have our beehives in the back and I can't imagine without it. And I don't know whether it's going to be you or Nikki or even Lily or, or me, you know, next year, this coming year, really going to town on the bees, um, you know, but we're going to do it. Amy just doesn't have the time right now. And I get that. So but. You know, I just, I can't imagine it. And it's like, and I was so scared because when I was a kid, they found out that they were using a pesticide on crops that was mass killing bees. They were taking the poison back to, to their uh, hive and dying and killing the, like the entire hive. And, and now it's like now in like California, you know, I'm, I'm so, 
I know you like almond milk and I try not to be disparaging against it, but the almond industry is just disgusting to me because they literally put a strain and stress on bees and beehives so people can have almond milk um, that just, you know, and, and they have to feed them separately because there's not enough pollen and nectar in almond tree flowers for the bees to be able to, uh, you know, sustain on it. But the bees go out there and do their job, and then they just have to survive on sugar water, fructose water. It's what they do. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's my my side rant. So as I was uh, getting on to earlier, is the, the biggest killer right now of bees is American fowl brood disease. So it's a serious infectious disease of honeybees, and it's caused by the spore-forming bacteria and I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce what it is. It's something <laughs> larvae. And it's found worldwide. So it's the most widespread disease that's affecting honeybee brood and the most destructive. The disease does not pose any health risks to people, but it we- wrecks havoc among bees. Severe outbreaks can weaken or kill entire colonies. So American fowl brood affects the larva- larval and pupil stages of brood development, leaving adult bees safe from infection. But young larvae may qu- die quickly when they are cu- curled at the base of their uncapped cells. <sighs> yep. Worker bees remove these dead larvae, leaving empty cells. Most often, death occurs after the cell has been capped. By this time, the older larvae or young pupae have stretched out lengthwise and are upright, filling most of their cell. The capping of a cell that contains a diseased larvae is moist and dark. As the larvae shrinks, the capping is drawn into the mouth of the cell, causing the normally convex capping to become concave. When they find an infected larvae in a sealed cell, worker bees puncture the sunken capping and remove it, along with the sick or dead larva. If death occurs in the pupil stage, the dead pupa's thread-like proboscis proboscis, Mm -hmm. or tongue protrudes from the pupil head and extends across the cell and a protruding tongue can be seen even after the rest of the pupa's body has decayed though rarely seen the formation of the pupil tongue is one of the most characteristic signs of american fowl brood so for anybody that has any bees if you're ever wondering how you're not having a lot of young bees growing up that is one of the telltale signs Mm. so at death, normally pearly white and glistening bee brood changes to a dull white. The color gradually darkens to light creamy brown, then coffee brown, then finally dark brown or almost black. The consistency of the decaying brood is soft and glutinous. One symptom of American fowl brood seen only in decayed brood is quote-unquote ropiness. When a probe is inserted into the body of a decayed larva with withdrawn and withdrawn gently and slowly, the glue-like larval remains will adhere to the tip of the probe and can be pulled out of the cell as a stringy brown mass or rope. Mm. Yeah, gross. <laughs> um, but if you you could still do that if you do a test, it still can turn out uh, negative because the larval remains can be watery. So basically, you kind of just gotta you gotta take take note of how many are dying and what they're looking like. So this 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 disease spreads quickly to other colonies by in the apiary by robber bees weak. Um, AFB infected colonies make good targets for robber bees from nearby strong colonies. The robbers steal the contaminated honey or bee bed from the infected colony and bring the pea larvae spores back to their home colony. Beekeepers can be working in their hives and they may expose other colonies in in the apiary to contaminated honey or equipment. Mm -hmm. And drifting worker bees are swarms. Uh, The bees are 
in the process of leaving their parent colony to start their own colony in a new location. And if the parent colony is infected, the swarm will bring the spores with them to the new location. So, a colony infected with American fowl brood has a patchy brood pattern. This irregular modeled appearance is due to the mixture of healthy, diseased, and empty brood cells within the same wax comb. The healthy cells have slightly protruding and fully closed cappings, and the diseased cells may be uncapped and contain larval remains or still be sealed but have sunken and punctured cappings. So, this, you know, it all sounds really terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what it comes down to. It's just, it's killing uh, the larvae of bees so they're not even growing up <laughs> they're right. dying it's, in their cells you're, you're, you're literally killing a hive from yeah. its source is, is what you, en- you end up doing and that happens quickly yeah and, <laughs> so. no, and nobody and, and here's the thing is is you know 200 years ago this was unheard of so you know it just we don't know what started this and what caused this you know and it's like and people can jump and say oh it's herbicides it's pesticides oh it's this it's that it's global whatever whatever it is we don't know what it is Right. It's just but we also started taking better records of things in the last couple of generations, too, when it comes to animals and insects and everything mm-hmm. else and what um, impacts are, are what. But, you know, this is something that I know that people who take care of bees and have apiaries, you know, they they look for these things and they look for the mites and they look for the invaders and everything else. And you try everything you can to. You know, your bees are together, but at the same time, you try to separate, and make sure that you're not cross contaminating um, your your girls because yeah. they're they're all you know. And the <laughs> primary way to deal with specifically American fowl root disease, mm-hmm. it, the the traditional way is to kill all the bees by burning, burning the, be- the the hive. the bees yeah. and the hive. And any of the materials belonging to the colony. So destroying the wax, the wax comb in particular is critical because apart from bees, combs are the main carriers of the P. larvae spores. And yeah. burning entire honeybee colonies and their hive materials is extremely expensive and obviously detrimental mm-hmm. because you're just killing off a lot of bees, hundreds of bees. And the cost of beekeeping is a lot more than people think it is oh yeah hives are extremely expensive yeah several hundred dollars just for the hive then you're talking about your equipment that you're going to have on top of that right then you're talking about everything that you need as far as feeding taking care of the bees all the maintenance everything that you need for the extraction i mean just the little hand crank centrifuges that you put the comb into those are several hundred dollars you know it's like and then bottles Bee bottles, especially, oh man, just they're they're expensive. You're not getting those for you know for nothing. Um, all the filters and everything else that you have to do to get through them, all the equipment that you're utilizing for the wax to do extraction. So you're getting your clean wax, and and then if you're going to have the pollen, or if you're going to take any of the royal uh, royal uh, royal jelly, royal jelly. Thank you, and you know those those kinds of things. I mean, all of it costs money, and none of it is just easy simple maintenance people think oh you get a hive you put it in your backyard you go away um no because if that was the case everybody would have one yeah so it's 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 not it and, and that's not even counting what the ones that end up just leaving because sometimes yeah. they just leave oh, they, there's they not do. even a reason they just they leave do. and so you have to get another hive yeah and, and that's and the gas that it takes to go get them because and the thing I, is, is that bees bees can you know they can travel up to four miles in in their search for for food right and if they're traveling on that outer edge and they find an abundance somewhere else, guess what? They're, they're, they're not telling you, hey, <laughs> hey, Kiki, you know, if you don't get us some more red clover over here closer because our queen happens to love red clover, we're going to go ahead and go to, you know, Upper Lake over there where there is some red clover and, and we're going to 
you know, find ourselves a treat. They just, they're just gone. Yeah. You know, a- Amy tried to, to save one in Sacramento uh, that jumped out, went, basically went onto our tree in the front yard from the backyard and caught it and put it back in the, in the backyard. And the bees were like, bitch, we're leaving. And we didn't, what are you doing? And they left again and they just left. So it's like, you know, when they make the decision to leave, they're leaving, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. But no, why is all this is... important right now? Yeah. So, a biotech firm says that the U.S. has approved its vaccine for honeybees. So, the vet- federal co- government has granted a conditional license for a honeybee vaccine, <sighs> the developer of the drug announced this past Wednesday. The vaccine will be used to fight against American foul brew disease and the insects and was approved by the Department of Agriculture. Dallin Animal Health, the biotech company behind the vaccine, had said. So this is an exciting step forward for beekeepers as we rely on antibiotic treatment that has limited effectiveness and requires lots of time and energy to apply to our hives. Towser Apiaries, a board member of the California, California State Beekeepers Association, said in a news release from Dallin. If we can prevent an infection in our hives, we can avoid costly treatments and focus our energy on other important elements of bee- of keeping our bees healthy. <sighs> Infected bees and hives are also typically incinerated to stop the spread of the disease. Um, the disease is caused by the larvae that we talked about, um, and it basically means that it's going to kill off all the babies. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Um, so... <laughs> is this is where it says the vaccine is not genetically modified and can be used in organic agriculture. The USDA issues conditional licenses for products that quote, meet an emergency situation, limited market, local situation, or special circumstance and end quote, and are pure safe and have quote, a reasonable expectation of efficacy end quote, according to a memo by the agency. (sighs) I hate that. I literally hate that. That is such vague double talk. It's, hey, you know what? They're going to die anyways, and so we might as well try this thing that could save them. Or, you know, I mean, it does carry with it a risk that it might, you know, kill everything else and kill it all off. But, you know, name of efficacy, we're, 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 we're okay. So, U.S. beekeepers had lost nearly 40% of their honeybee colonies in the winter of 2019, which is according to a survey by the Bee Informed Partnership, which is what catches my eye. So this this is why that bugs me, because that's saying that it's in the winter of 2019, which is basically saying that that winter was hard, not that it was killed off by mm-hmm. this particular disease. And I don't I don't like that. That really that, that really catches my eye because that there's there's a lot of different reasons for bee decline. Mm-hmm. Um, there's decreasing crop diversity in a lot of areas which yep. is a big problem yeah Everybody monoculture chooses, kills yeah. bees quick poor beekeeping practices obviously any poor anything keeping practices mm-hmm. will kill things and then loss of habitat which is also very true because a lot of people are not taking into account having honeybees when they're clearing land out for farming or right. just any kind of um agriculture related stuff they're they're not keeping honeybees as often as they should be and that's you know a big issue um pesticides obviously weaken bees immune systems and can kill them and there are a lot of different kind of mites that latch onto honeybees and suck any of their you know fat body tissues Mm -hmm. which ends up stunting and weakening them and potentially causing entire colonies to collapse so 
there's a lot there's a lot there's so many different reasons why bees can end up dying yeah the reason why this in particular is concerning is i mean we we've never sat here and said you know whether or not we're for or against a lot of different things we have a middle ground on a lot but my problem is that we are the reason that bees are dying right so why are we putting why why are we stepping further into it to try to make them better the problems i understand they're expensive Mm -hmm. but this is the kind of stuff that i feel like people that are sitting around you know talking over and over and over again about you know caring about the earth this is where you start because Mm -hmm. if we have no bees we have no planet no there's nothing that we can do. We cannot like hand like pollinate. <laughs> yeah, like we can't hand pollinate everything. It's right. never going to work. No. You can't do it. It's physically impossible to create enough food for people. But we're not talking about, you know, having trying to con- encourage people to keep bees and have a garden in their backyard. Mm-hmm. We're not encouraging people to plant flowers for the bees. I mean, I see every once in a while like especially down in the south and that was not a thing that I that I ever saw in California where they just have we have so much land around mm-hmm. our highways and freeways they just plant wildflower seeds yeah. everywhere all oh, the time yeah. and just just constantly you along can buy, the sides you can of our buy freeways. them you, yeah. you, you and i actually went to one of the places that was uh during your birthday we yeah. went to one of the places that actually supplies the state uh that was one of the cool things i was reading on the articles they supply the state with just mixes and mixes of wildflower seeds specifically for pollinators and and uh for bees and for butterflies yeah and it's like in this why part of the reason that hey we got the the monarch butterfly um, migration this year. And so we saw a lot more monarchs than we'd ever seen before and things like that. So yeah, it, it, what concerns me in this whole thing, and I'm just going to be very honest is the people who created the problem are the people who want to create a solution, but who are the people who will benefit most if their solution fails. Right. Because what you need to understand is, is when it comes to Dow, when it comes to Monsanto, when it comes to all of these different companies that, that are doing this. Now, I have stated, you know, before with you and you and I've had conversations and I'll say this. I'm not against genetically modified foods. OK, I'm not because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, like it was I, I think it was 20 years ago. It was somewhere around 20 years ago where there was a genetically modified drought resistant crop of soy and corn that was a. Uh, and wheat, soy corn and wheat, it was the three, that was being shipped out to Africa. And it was exciting, right? Because this scientist, this agricultural scientist, had come up with this drought-resistant modified crop and was excited to be able to give it to Africa, literally wanted to give it to these tribes that were dying. And people just heart bled over, oh my God, genetically modified food, this is horrible, you know, you don't know what it's going to do. You're right. We don't know what it's going to do to to those people if we give it to them, but we know what's going to happen to those people if we don't. Right. Mm-hmm. And didn't give the people the choice. They just let them die. The, the crop died at a at a, uh, at a uh, port. It, literally, the seed just went bad in a port, got fouled and it was garbage and people starved to death. And I get things like that. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, hybrid pollination, which is a lot of what these guys do and it's a uh, closed or self-pollination um, that uh, that a lot of these companies have developed I don't want to leave it to those people who will profit the most exactly to decide whether or not that they're going to be moral Dow I, if, if you don't know your history please do your history on Dow look at breast silicone implants in the 80s right there's a whole movie about it I think David Schwimmer was actually in that movie 
um, talking about it. You know, these are the people that will benefit from I, I don't believe that the people who will benefit from something failing should be the people who are allowed to test it. I don't think that if, if Bill Gates is buying a lot of land and want and he is pushing fake meats and, you know, um, lab meats and all this crap is the same person that's telling us to stop eating meats. I don't I don't listen to him because that's that is, you know, he's literally has a special interest. Yeah, you know? he's, a, he's, he's got an agenda. Thank you. That These was the word I was looking for. These people have agendas. Yeah. They have a reason to not have honeybees anymore because then that just it right. creates a market for things that when we have honeybees, we don't really need that much. And when your former motto that you try to keep hidden from everybody is better living through science, I'm just not going to trust you because you know what my better living is? Through bees. My better living is through us having a garden in the backyard better living is through you know the better for the environment I, and, and i just i find it so amazing that people on both sides just don't think of it that way but that's my big issue the people who cause the problem and would benefit most from the failure of a solution or trying to come up with a solution is just dumb yeah it's like it's dumb you know it, it's i i Oh, I can't even think of a good proper analogy for it. I will. I'll probably post it up on our social media, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> and I'll definitely Sorry. make sure that the the, the two article. articles that I'm yeah. using, because the one about the the vaccine is from NPR, and the one about bees in general is from the FDA. Mm-hmm. So both things that you know, FDA in purely um, informational, and then NPR is a more trustworthy source. Yep. Because definitely do your work and do your research and look who's funding who on the FDA before you decide what the FDA says is good or bad. That's all I got to say about that. It's, again, I don't trust people. Kids who say, my daddy's the best daddy in the world. It's because your daddy makes you live. Your daddy helped you live. Your daddy gives you food. Your daddy's an idiot and a moron, but okay, your daddy's the best daddy in the world. <laughs> right? It's like, it's it's the same thing. It's 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 all special interests. It's all bias and... Don't fuck with our bees. Seriously, like, that's like the one, the one thing you have no idea what's going to happen with this. It's purely like you've only been testing. It's not like you've been testing this for seven years, right? This is something that is extremely new, and it's not just an antibiotic. This is a vaccine. You are literally going to be pumping the disease into the bees to try to make them tougher to the and that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me because how are you going to make bees tougher and resistance against something when it only affects the larva mm-hmm. i don't understand how you can do that because you can give it to the the queen bee and the queen bee will pass it on yeah. but i feel like that just it'll diminish with any every generation you can't keep up with that physically with the amount of bees and how quickly they are alive and dead that doesn't make sense to me yeah, you know the great thing about bees the great mm-hmm. thing about bees is that if you have a big enough greenhouse the, and you have enough food within the greenhouse, the bees won't leave the greenhouse. Okay. This is why it's important because if I'm them, if I'm anybody and I'm, and I'm the government or I'm anybody who has any say in this whatsoever, I say, okay, well, let's give you a hundred thousand square foot warehouse. Let's get a couple hives of bees. Let's make sure that you're feeding those, those hives of bees. Let's follow all FEMA decon you know level five procedures to make sure that none of these bees escape and tested in that facility period bees aren't going to smack through glass windows they're not they don't do that right 
So it's like, okay, test it. I want, I want kill safes in there. I want everything that's going to protect it. If you want to test it, if you're serious about this and you want this amazing thing to be this amazing thing and you can save bees and there's nothing else to it because what benefit do you guys have? Just Dow, answer the question. What benefit is it to you to save bees? Otherwise, give me a control. Give me a control that won't cause the release of, of something that ends up being a movie on how we found out how the zombies happened. Right. And, and do that. It's, it's a couple million dollars. It's not that expensive. Dead serious. Go do it. But I bet they won't. And Clearly the moment that they, they won't. won't. And the moment that I know that they won't is when I'm concerned as to my next question. Why? Why won't you? couple million dollars isn't anything if you had i'll tell you right now if if dow came and said hey we think we have this we want to test this and we want the federal government to give us 10 million dollars 100 million dollars to test this and see if it works i would be more willing to trust that right because that should be for profit i want i want that's what i want for our government i want our government to say hey if anybody actually has a cure for cancer billion dollars i'll pay my tax dollars in that it's 24 dollars per person sure i got it Right. Mm -hmm. I pay 24 bucks to have cancer cured. Hell yeah. Right. Somebody comes up with, with a cure for, for all of this, for bees and everything. I'll pay. Yeah. I'll pay. That's what the government should be doing. That's what that, not, not all this stuff that looks just so shady behind the doors, clandestine and, and just is, is literally where I tell my grandkids, I'm sorry. I should have known better. Right. Should have done something. What? I don't know. So it's sad. Yeah, it's concerning, and I I don't I don't like it. No. I don't like that we are so quick to use science when nature has existed before we existed. Mm -hmm. And I get it; nature is still gruesome and brutal, but nature always pulls through. Clearly, bees have existed for hundreds of thousands of years. Yep. So if they're suddenly starting to go extinct. And we're the only thing that has changed. We're the only variable in this equation. Mm -hmm. Maybe instead of trying to change the fucking bees, we should start changing what we're doing. It's nah. that simple. Logic. <laughs> <laughs> so. But what do you, I mean, what do you guys think? Maybe, maybe you think we should trust science. Maybe you, maybe you think that we should, you know, trust the inventors of Agent Orange and mustard gas to, you know, regulate our crops. Maybe, maybe you guys... Maybe you think that we're being conspiracy people right now. Maybe you maybe you want the facts behind it. Maybe you want us to post up 100 links that a million people have posted up a million times before, you know. But if you feel like we're just being paranoid, we want to know. I mean, seriously, because sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll tell you when when people sit there and they I when people sit and they give contrary views, mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I am. I, you hear me say this all the time. I'm very confident in what I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm very confident in what I'm not good at. I'm very confident in what I don't know. The things that I do know, I'm, I, am, I'm, I am timid about. I'm careful about because I could always be wrong. And, I'm, yeah. and, and you, you've seen it. You know, you and I will we'll sit and we'll, we'll have a big discussion about something. And I'll be like, no, that's, this is the fact. And you'll come back and say, hey, look. And I'll be like, oh, well, and I'll go and I'll research it. And I'll come back to you and go, hey, I was wrong. And then my viewpoint, my, my attitude towards something completely changes mm -hmm. because opinion is opinion. Yeah. But fact is fact and emotion doesn't matter. And, and that's constantly, I love, 
I don't know. There's a freedom for me in not knowing everything. And we could keep going. We could keep going on about this, but we're, we're not going to because we're almost at our afternoon length. So <laughs> and come back and join us this afternoon. We've got to tell you just the craziest oh, yeah. crud that has happened. Our weekend is, the, was very, very interesting. Everything from a femur found under the house and a cop learning to listen to me when I said he couldn't fit under the house <laughs> to a dealership losing my truck and then literally, wanting to buy it from me. Literally, so, literally, yes. literally losing so, his truck. <laughs> So until then, thank you for joining us again this morning. We really appreciate you so much. And I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we're reminding you that that which does not kill you is trying to kill our bees. So peace out with your peace out. Bye.